See this black box right here? Well, I'm gonna show you something right now. Some people are concerned that they might have to go for a long period of so Hello, peace, hello, joy, hello, love. Hello, strength, hello, hope, it's a new horizon. Hello, peace, hello, joy. Hello. 
up ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for being here this morning on this episode number 258 of rise up and that was brandon lake and chandler moore fear is not my future fear is not my future it is not your future jesus is our future heaven is our future salvation joy and peace the nine fruits of the spirit the rapture is our future and we are rapture ready ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for spending your mornings right here in the live chat for rise up for god for jesus for your own good for your own salvation for your own guidance for your own peace and your own joy in your own heart and it all comes from god and everything good comes from god Again, folks, I want to welcome you to Rise Up, episode number 258 on this December 28th, year of our Lord, 2023. Miss Kittenhead said, fear is not my future. That's right. Fear is my past. Fear is my past, and I have no more of it. We have about 900 people watching right now. If you guys could do me a favor and share this video out, share the gospel out. If you ever wanted to know how you can work more for God, 
This is one way you can do it. A lot of people are watching on their TVs on the Rumble app. If you have Roku or Fire Stick, you can download Rumble. And once you download Rumble in the Rumble app on Roku and Fire Stick, you can then search for LFA TV. And once you get there and you're finally watching LFA TV on your nice uh, flat screen on, the, on, on your wall, then take your remote, press up, and it should pull up a little thumbs up and a thumbs down. And maybe even the description of the show. If you just press up on your remote, it should pull it up from the bottom. And then I think you can press over and get on the thumbs up and click thumbs up or thumbs down, whichever you prefer. We hope it's a thumbs up. Um, And that is how you can be engaged. And if you are watching on TV, we ask that you just grab your phone or your computer, jump on Rumble real quick, share the link to your social media pages. And uh, and that really helps get people in to hearing the gospel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today, uh, good morning. First time in over a week I can chat and see this live, says Holy Biker Dudette. Well, I'm very, very happy to hear that. And I know a lot of people are on a vacation right now for the holidays, and they can watch live, and they don't don't normally watch live uh, because they have to go back to work after the holidays. But you know what? We appreciate you being here while you're here. Another thing I want to show you is Eli has been working very hard lately to give us an upgrade for the new year. Upgrade our uh, placeholder thumbnails. Uphold, up, up, what's that called? Upgrade, not uphold. Upgrade our uh, pre-videos, music, our lower third banners, and everything. We're trying to get a new look for 2024 as we, you know, shed 2023 and get into this year uh, that we will all be working so incredibly hard I want to show you guys something real quick. This is his latest Rise Up uh, placeholder thumbnail. And this just brings me joy, right? This picture right here brings me joy. You see the, uh, the stone rolling away from the tomb. You see the three, uh, the three crosses on Calvary. You see that beautiful sunrise coming up over the mountain. You've got your double meaning there, the sunrise, Jesus rising up on the third day, me looking up. That's where we look to for our answers. What a great, uh, a great job that that Eli has been doing, and uh, we just we definitely want to give him a round of applause in the chat. We know he's looking in there. Thank you, Eli. Says race mom. Um, I watch on TV and chat on the phone. Says dimples. That's great. A lot of people do that. Mad Tess says woke up with such gratefulness in my heart today. Not that I'm not grateful every day. But it's a heaviness in a good way today. Thank you, Jesus. That is how you know you're getting closer to God. That is how you know you're getting closer to Jesus. That is how you know that your path with him is, is, is symbiotic, right? It's a symbiotic um, relationship that once you, the further you get, the better it gets. The further you get, the more you understand. The further you get, the more joy you have in your life. The further you get, fear and anxiety and stress leave you behind. And then you are joyful in the smallest things. You're joyful when a light turns green, right? Later says, Eli, it's very beautiful. Mel says, Eli, you are the best. Jay Gizme says, yes, Eli, thank you. You know, a lot of every, everything that we see and, 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 and hear uh, visually and, 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 and the audio and the sounds and the sound bites, 
for the whole network pretty much comes from from uh, Eli. So big shout out. Uh, it looks like we're freezing freezing up a little bit there. Uh, you having a freezing problem, Eli, or is it just me? Look like we froze up there a little bit. Uh, TJ says, great job, Eli. And USA Trump for life. Now, who was the guy that we had in here yesterday, Eli, that was um, that was talking talking jazz about God and saying that we worship Trump and not Jesus? What was his name? I want to know if he's back in here today. Was it Joe? Was that his name? Uh, I think maybe. Joe was his name because I remember Joe Demers said from one Joe to another, you know. So, uh, Joe, if you're back in here today, we ask that you, uh, you know, let us know that you're in here. And because we, we, we're glad that you're here. We, we want you here. Um, we want people with, um, you know, with chips on their shoulders or anger or revenge on their heart or whatever it is. You know, whatever caused you to do what you did yesterday, we hope you're back here today. Daisy says, you are the man. Ooh, Jaron, Jaron sells t-shirts with the cross death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, says L.A.L. Jacobs. Yeah, Jaron Jackson is awesome. He's a good dude. He is a good dude. Where can I get your hat and t-shirt? Well, ladies and gentlemen, JeremyHarrell.com and LFATV.us are now fixed. They were hacked, and they were redirecting people away from the website so people couldn't donate. People couldn't buy anything. We didn't get any sales on our store for days. It's all good now. It's all back um, ready and, and, and ready for you to go there. JeremyHarrell.com, LFATV.us. That's where you can get the Rapture Ready shirts. The Rapture Ready hats will be up there tonight if they're not there now. If they're not already there now, actually, I can go there now and see if he's put the Rapture Ready hats back up. So let's just, uh, let me go look real quick. The Rapture Ready hats are there, folks. They are there. Rapture Ready hats, Rapture Ready sweatpants, Rapture Ready long sleeve shirts, Rapture Ready short sleeve shirts, all there for your enjoyment today. And ladies and gentlemen, we encourage you to definitely uh, get yourself some Rapture Ready gear. Okay, I titled today's show, Hurting Jesus. Now, if I asked you, if you ever have any desire to hurt Jesus, I would bet that you would say, never. I would never do that. But yet many of us hurt Jesus every day. Many of us spit in Jesus' face every day. Many of us make him cry and weep every single day. Why would you ever hurt Jesus on purpose? You may say, what are you talking about, Jeremy? I never do that. Well, let me ask you this. Would you hurt your spouse, your mom, or your children on purpose? Would you do that? Would you hurt your friends, coworkers, or family on purpose? And if you did, would you continue to do it over and over and over again? The answer is no. 
course you wouldn't. We are in a relationship with Jesus of Nazareth. His name is not Jesus Christ. Christ is a title. Messiah. And now some people in the chat are saying, not on purpose, but yet it is on purpose. If we do a sin... And we don't leave that sin. And we go, you know what? I want to do that sin again. And Jesus will forgive me. Jesus will forgive me. Jesus will forgive me. Jesus will forgive me. You're hurting him on purpose. See, a lot of Christians think that they can just go on and keep sinning because Jesus, in the end, will forgive them. And you want to know something? They are 100% right. Fortunately for them, Jesus will forgive them. God will forgive them for for however many sins they commit. But I want to change that into a relationship that's more local, more close to you, and I, and I shouldn't say that because my relationship with Jesus is the closest thing I have. But something that's going to hit you home more a little bit, okay? How about this? Ready? You're in a relationship with your wife, your husband. You have a relationship with your mom, your dad, and your children. Okay? And you go and do something that breaks their heart. Breaks their heart more than likely they're going to forgive you because they're your family. It's your wife. It's your husband. It's your kid. It's your mom. It's your dad. Most likely, they are going to forgive you. And you are going to feel so grateful and so appreciative that they did. Amen? But then you go out and you hurt their feelings the same exact way that you just did the day before. Would you do that? Most likely not. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't make a mistake and hurt their feelings, say something that you shouldn't have said. But here's a perfect example. And I'm going to use my past for an example. Get in a fight with my wife. Knowing that there is no winning in a fight. If you and your spouse fight, nobody wins. You both lose. And I'm not talking about a disagreement. I'm not talking about a difference of opinion. I'm not even talking about, are you sure we should do that, honey? Maybe we should do it this way. Maybe we should parent that way. Maybe we should. I'm not talking about a disagreement. I'm talking about a full-on fight. And you say something to your wife that you shouldn't say. Or your wife says something to you that she shouldn't say. And I know most men before Christ have probably been there. You've been a jealous person. You see her talking to some guy. You see her hanging out with a guy. Right? You get in a big fight. You say stuff like, well, I see you hanging out with that guy. What, do you want him? Hmm? 
or you, 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 your daughter walks out of the house with, um, with uh, clothes on that are a little pro- provocative, and you say, "Are you going to go out of the house looking like a slut?" Or you get in a fight with your spouse, and you say, "I don't know why I ever married you anyway. Why are we even together? We don't have anything in common. You're an idiot. You're an a-hole. Blah 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 blah." Right? All right, Daisy Duke, tell them God bless and we love them for her company showing up. And then you make up. Everything's good. A month or two later, you get in a fight. And you say the same stuff again. And what happened the first time is you broke her heart. By saying something really mean. I should have never married you. You're worthless. I've said stuff like that before. Breaks their heart. You mend it by apologizing. It mends over time from their forgiveness. Then you cut it again. And you say the same thing again. And you do the same thing again. And now that cut in that heart, it doesn't heal. And it stays there, wounded and hurt. And they forgive you. But it's a little bit worse than it was the last time. And you never fully recover. You say, I'm so sorry. And they forgive you. And then you do it again. That's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about hurting Jesus on purpose. If you do something that hurts Jesus, that would make him sob, that would make him weep, that would make him cry, and you feel it, like say you use the Lord's name in vain and you say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then 10 minutes later, you do it again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's going to forgive you every time. But that relationship is going to get tattered, beaten, and bruised over and over again. I want to show you a video that actually got me on this topic. This guy, I tell you what, the most unlikely people are the greatest Christians. And I mean, when I I say the most unlikely people, I mean when you at first glance, right? Judging people by their looks, which we shouldn't do. I want you to hear what this guy says. And boy, does he hit the nail on the head. He's saying the same message as I just said to you but man he, the way he says it really hits home so let's go to this let's go to this video now and this is why i save these videos and then i go in and i go in and i search search for verses that apply to the message that god gave me and then i figure out wow what am i doing wrong i think a lot of christians have the perception that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Therefore, I can sin because Jesus will forgive me. I'm going to use drugs, but it's fine. Jesus will forgive me. I'm going to do this thing. It's fine. Jesus will forgive me. He probably will forgive you. But when you put it into perspective, let's compare it to a different relationship. Your mother. You love your mom. Your mom loves you. Are you going to do something that you know hurts her? Probably not. If you do do something that hurts her, will she forgive you? Probably because she really loves you. That doesn't mean you're going to do it. 
So why do we as Christians hurt Jesus so many times every single day? Because we know he's going to forgive us. I would never hurt anyone I love on purpose, purely because I know they love me and they will forgive me. So why did I hurt Jesus every single day of my life by just thinking, oh, he will forgive me because he died on the cross and he loves me and that's just it. That's not what a relationship is about. If you want to build a meaningful relationship, you've got to respect someone. I think if you want to build a meaningful relationship that actually has substance, that there's reality there, that there's truth there, love and, 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 and respect, you have to build that relationship up with trust and with respect. Any relationship. Any relationship that you engage in, whether it be a platonic relationship, a marital relationship, a family relationship, whatever it is, you cannot disrespect that person over and over and over and over again. You can't do that. And Jesus is like the battered wife that always forgives the husband that beats her. Let me say that again, because that just hit me. Like, I just thought of that. And that just hit me deep. And I know that there are women out there watching this show right now that know all too well what I'm talking about. Jesus is like the battered wife that always loves and forgives her husband after every black eye. Now that hurts, doesn't it? That hits home in a different way. My mother and my father are not together because my father, when I was a baby, was abusive to my mother. I watched my friends grow up with abusive, abusive fathers to their mothers. And I always thought to myself, why doesn't she just leave? So ask yourself, as much as you batter Jesus as if the cross wasn't enough for the man, as if the cross wasn't enough torture and suffering for the Son of Man, the Son of God, that we have to batter him just a little bit more because we love our sin. And I'm not talking about the sin that you accidentally commit, folks. No. I'm talking about the sin that you won't turn from. You know what I mean. There is a sin right now that you will not turn from because you think you have enough time or because you enjoy it too much or because you know Jesus will forgive you when the time comes. Stop it today. Search your heart today. Put yourself up in the mirror of the Ten Commandments and ask yourself, where do I need to change? Because I don't want to hurt Jesus anymore. 
I don't want to disrespect him anymore. T. Mitchell says, I have a friend who was beat by an ex, but somehow acts like it never happened during the time that I even stood up to him. He was a coward. He stayed for years until he was dead. Gons Wild says, I was beaten for seven years until the night I was threatened by him that I was going to die. By the grace of God, he was there with me, gave me strength to get away. And you want to know the funny thing about it is? Jesus doesn't run from you. No matter how much you beat him, no matter how much you batter him, no matter how much you abuse him, he never runs from you, ever. Vita Rose said, never had a black eye, but a broken heart. I'm going to go to... uh, Speaking of, speaking of dying on the cross. Does anybody know why the crucifixion, the crucifixion was necessary? Now, a lot of you will say to atone for our sins, right? Jesus paid the price for our sins. But why did he have to? Anybody ever asked themselves that? Why did he ever even have to? Why did he have to pay a price? Here's a great explanation for that. Why was the crucifixion necessary? The crucifixion was necessary in order for God to be perfectly just and righteous and well, as well as loving and compassionate. And what do I mean by that? If God simply forgives you for breaking the law, that means God is more loving than just. But if he punishes you for every infraction against his holy commands, Mm -hmm. then that means he's more just and holy than loving. So how can God be loving and just at the same time without compromising either one of those characteristics? Because if he simply forgives you for violating the law without demanding that the justice of the law be met, that means he's much more loving than holy. But if he punishes you, For the slightest infraction against the law, that means he's much more just than loving. So how can God be both perfectly loving and just? The answer is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because at the cross, God's justice is satisfied and his love is perfectly displayed. And what do I mean? Now when you turn to God and ask him to forgive you for your sins, God can forgive you without compromising the just demands of the law for punishment. Because Christ took your punishment. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a very crude analogy because it's not what Jesus did, but it's an analogy to help you understand mm-hmm. my point. You go before a judge and you have a fine of $500. Now the judge in his mercy can pardon you. So he pardons your fine, but then what he does, he steps. Why was the crucifixion? So yeah, I, I, that's where the video ended, but it, it's a great analogy and, and, and Ray Comfort gives that analogy as well. But here's the thing. God has to embody both. He can't be all loving and not and more loving over ju- and being just uh, administering justice. He can't administer justice more than he loves. He's got to do both, and that is what the crucifixion. Why the crucifixion was necessary. There has to be a justice. There has to be judgment. Jesus went and took that. There also has to be love, which is why. Jesus went and took that. 
so God and you could be in a symbiotic loving relationship again. Really, really incredible. And 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 non-Christians have a really hard time believing, well, if God is just God, he could just be God. Well, yeah, he can be. But he still has to live by laws. He still has to live by rules. If there's no laws and rules, then it's chaos. And God sets the laws and rules of this world, of this universe. Um, I want to go read some books now. You guys can open up your page. Excellent explanation, says Jephoff. Amen. Uh, Janet says, Galatians 3.13 says, Anyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. He broke the curse for us. And I see there's a lot of people talking about abuse in here, mental, uh, emotional, verbal, and physical. And uh, for all of you that have been through such trying times and atrocities from somebody else, my heart goes out to you. I, I, I know, I know, I know what you're going through. But Jesus is here, and you'll never have to go through that again, ever. Please open up your one-minute prayers to dad, for dads to page 110. Thanks, Mezzy. Pause. I'm hoping Jeremy is able to give him a shout-out so Carter can hear that Jesus loves him. Well, Carter, it looks like you um, are having a little bit of a rough time right now. Uh, Carter... You're looking at a three-time felon with 15 misdemeanors and a partridge in a pear tree. You're looking at somebody who spent time in jail multiple times. You're looking at a person who literally pushed people away from him his whole life and had nobody who loved him all the way up until about 2016. You're looking at a person who regrets the things that he did as a father when my children were young. You're looking at a person who regrets the way he treated people before my wife that I have now. You're looking at a person who regrets pretty much everything he ever did, ever. You're looking at somebody who hated himself so much that he had to tear other people down to make himself feel better about himself. You're looking at a person that would project his insecurities onto other people like a narcissist and make himself feel better. You're looking at a person who was so, so craving of attention and so desired to be the center of attention that he did not care what he said or who he hurt in order to get what he needed to get. You're looking at a person who literally sold his soul to the devil and didn't even realize that his soul was not his to sell until Christ found me dead on the side of an interstate. Carter, trust me. I know. But I also know something else. That's not me anymore. None of that. None of that is me anymore. And that's truly incredible. The best ones have been through a lot, says Patriot, 1776 for life. The Apostle Paul killed Christians. Yes, he did. S. Rose says, I dealt with mental abuse from father and ex. So, Carter, trust me, man. You don't want to keep going down that road. You don't want to go down that road of insecurity 
loneliness, depression, or anger because there's nothing waiting for you on the other side except for more of that. Jake Ismey says, God loves you so much. Eileen says, Jeremy, praise God for your healing. You are a new creation. That's what it's all about, isn't it? All right, page 110, members of one another. Carter, we're members of one another. Ephesians 4.25. Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Think of your family as a small segment of a greater church of God. You are all members of Christ's body and members of your smaller family. As such, you are members of one another. That means love and respect for one another. Including Jesus. It means unity. So if, you gotta, if you're going to be in unity with Jesus, then you have to Walk, talk, act, and be like Jesus is and was. It means unity even amid the normal family disagreements that arise from time to time. Those spats can never set, those spats, excuse me, can never sever the family tie. Lord, just like your church, so is our family, members of one another. I need my family and they need me. Carter, are you listening? You need your family and your family needs you. That's not just me being facetious or me being just, oh, I'm on a podcast and I'm talking. I'm talking to you from my heart, man. None of us in our church or in our family is a spare tire. That's huge. Wow. None of us is a spare tire. Wow. We are all essential to our calling as a family. Ephesians 4.25, that was. God, may each member learn to love the other member more fully. May each speak the truth in love to one another and honor one another and thus honor you as the designer and sustainer of our family. I'm taking this home and reading this to my kids tonight. My kids need to read that because they're not, they have not been treating each other very well lately. Carter is only 13. Just wanted to shout out Carter, 13 years old. I have, I have a two 14s, a 15 and a 16. So they're all right there with you, buddy. Thirteen's a hard age. It's a great age, but it's a hard age because you're changing a lot. A lot of your thoughts are changing. Your body's changing. Everything's changing. Change is good, though. Embrace the change. Love your mom and dad, and you'll be solid. Embrace the change. Love your mom and dad, and you will be solid. Now it's time to go to how to bring your children to Christ. I was once discussing music with Carol and Stuart Scott 
who are part of our television production team. When Carol casually mentioned, Scotty has written a few songs. I then asked Scotty to sing one of his compositions. He was a little reluctant at first, but with some goading, he began to sing a song that he had written. It was from Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to hold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire his temple. Tears immediately welled up in my eyes. The song he had composed was a worldwide mega hit and one with which I was intimately familiar. We had learned it many years earlier, way down under in New Zealand, 7,000 miles away. I'm sure if Carol hadn't told me that Scotty had written it, I would have greatly corrected him as he sung the words. His beginning was slightly different from the famous um, Marantha arrangement. However, once I knew he was the song's composer, I dared not say a word. After all, it was his song. The ungodly think that they can ignore the Bible and call the tune on all of life's issues. They are self-appointed experts. These are godless people he's talking about. They don't realize that God is the author of all things and that we dare not even whisper a word of correction. Besides, humanity's godless arrangement hasn't given us harmony, but chaos in almost every area. They see prayer as a last resort when it should be our first go-to. They say that God isn't to be feared when to fear him is the beginning of wisdom. See, everything is tipsy, you know, topsy-turvy. Everything is 180 with, a, with an unbeliever, folks. They just don't know. They think that God is their friend when, he is, when he's their enemy. They think they are morally good when God says they are morally corrupt. They think they are heading for heaven when the word of God says that they are heading for hell. They are, willfully, they are willfully deaf and blind, trying to lead the deaf and blind. Don't follow them. Carter, this means everybody at your school, all these kids that live ungodly, that don't know Jesus, do not follow those kids. God is the composer of life itself. So listen to his words and his words alone and then be blessed by refusing to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, particularly when it comes to raising your precious kids. Amen? Being a, uh, being a kid in 2023 is, must, be, must be incredibly difficult. Think about it. Think about what 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds have had to deal with for the last 10 years. Every generation has its issues. Gen Z needs God very, very badly. Because the further we get away from God, which is every generation, the more we need him. And I think the people like Carter, those Gen Z younger, youngsters, they're going to change the world. We're going to set it up. We're going to set the stage. They're going to change the world. That's what I truly believe. Now, I want you to watch these next two videos.
I want you to see the world we live in today. And it's actually probably worse than what you're even about to see. You can tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. I'm not interested. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. This? I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me one Bible verse. I'll tell you a whole bunch of them. John 14, 6. I am the way to truth and life. No one comes to the Father except by me. First Timothy 2, 5. There's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. You want any more? Go ahead. Isaiah 64, 6 says, Your goodness is like filthy rags in front of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. That is awesome. Here, here, here's, here's $40. Take it. You see this? I don't need it. I'm retired three times. Air Force retired. Worked for the state for 21 years. Retired. And I'm on Social Security. If you had one message to the world, what would it be? Read the book. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. I'm glad God sent you to me. Sometimes I think, nobody ever asked me that question. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I got somebody to ask me that question. <laughs> Amen. Have a good day. I'll see you there. I'll give you $20. I like how he said, have a good day. I'll see you there. Where's there? We all know where there is. There is heaven. I'll see you there. $20, one Bible verse. Do you know that more people were annoyed rather than go, ooh, one Bible verse. Man, yeah. I don't. Even if they're not Christian, they have to know one Bible verse, right? You got to know John 3.16. The whole world knows that, even if they're non-believers. But they couldn't, even, they couldn't even be bothered. See, that's it. Now, if that guy was walking around going, I'll give you $20 if you could tell me the, the lyrics to one uh, Led Zeppelin song. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me the lyrics to one Aerosmith song. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me uh, who's got the most Super Bowl wins. I'll give you $20 if you could tell me. Not only would people know it, but they would also engage in it. But as soon as they hear Bible, they run from it. They want nothing to do with it. That's Satan, folks. Sit down with Jesus for five minutes. What would you say to him? Good night. He wants us to Please. put on. If you could sit down with Jesus for five minutes, what would you say to him? What I'd say to him and not to you. If you could sit down with Jesus for five minutes, what would you say to him? I'm already saved. Thank you, baby. Oh, oh please. Stop. Just stop. I have no If you could sit down with Jesus for five minutes, what would you say to him? Thank you. How about you? I'm so tired. I don't know. I maybe sometimes think about that. If you could sit down with Jesus for five minutes, we I just would. We just came from church. Are you saved and born again? Are you on your way to heaven? Oh, yes, of course we are. Practicing Christians. We listen to pay love all day long at home. So we're good to go. If you could sit down with Jesus for five minutes, what would you say to him? I would say thank you for your sacrifice on a cross. Amen. Ooh, my first words, do we thank him enough for what he's done? If you fear him, mm. then you don't so easily move into the flesh. We're not saved by faith and works. No. We're saved by faith that works. So, yes. so it's a real saving faith and we have to cling to the Lord. Lord Jesus. I like that.
Yeah, I think that works. I'm Brother Lamar. And my name is Zach. Zach, yeah. Zach. Good to meet you, man. I'm glad, man. Maybe this isn't what I came here for. I'm glad that you, uh, you know, was able to sow into my life. I believe that it was an ordained situation for us to meet, Zach, and continue, man. To if you could sit down with Jesus for five minutes, what would you say to him? Good night. He wants to and, you know, a lot of, like that one lady said, I'm already saved, babe. Okay. Okay, so let's, let's, this is one saved person to another. God bless, amen. They still don't want to be bothered. I listen to Caleb, cool. <laughs> I listen to the message, cool. But that last guy, I would say thank you for what you did on that cross. Thank you for sacrificing your life. I'm brother this. How you doing, brother Zach? I wish somebody would come and evangelize to me. Do you know that I have not had anybody since I've been a Christian evangelize to me? And I would embrace it and love it now. I have had people, I have walked by people on the street who are handing out Christian literature. Even the JW people, the, or the Jehovah's Witness people. Mostly it's them. And I'll take their literature. And I'll talk to them about God. And I don't even get engaged in whatever religion they believe in. I just talk Christ with people. Isn't he great? Isn't he wonderful? Anybody that wants to talk about Christ with me, I'm like all ears. You know what I mean? I'm rapture ready, baby. If I hear anybody say, excuse me, sir, would you like to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I say, oh, now you're speaking my language. What do we want to talk about? Anybody else want to come in on this conversation? That's how I roll. I love that stuff. I wish somebody would evangelize to me more. Talking about hurting Jesus on purpose. So now let's get to that verse that I saved for today. Everybody, please, we were in the book of Isaiah yesterday, so we're going to stay in the book of Isaiah. Please open up your Bibles to Isaiah 53. Three and four. Isaiah 53, three and four. Actually makes me cry. I don't even want to read it. <sighs> Isaiah 53, three and four. T. Mitchell, I was just reading your... I know, I know, right? I know. Can you post the previous video in the chat? I would like to share it. Yes, I can do that right now for you. I'm putting it in the chat right now while everybody's opening their Bibles to Isaiah 53, 3 and 4. hard to read he is despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. 
yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. When you think of hurting Jesus, the dynamic changes. When you think of hurting somebody in your life's feelings, it's not nearly as powerful and as jaw-dropping as when you hurt Jesus' feelings. So I guess today's message, folks, if you want a relationship, nurture that relationship. If you want a relationship with anybody, including Jesus, then treat that person with respect and don't disrespect that person every time things get a little difficult. And definitely don't disrespect them out of for nothing. Don't set out to break that person's heart if you want a relationship with that person because I can guarantee you it's not going to work out so well. Those that know Jesus should speak of Jesus or you don't really know him. That's right. He should be, he should come up your lips every day to people. And when I sit here and think about the, the sinning that I do, that I don't turn from, and, and not just turn from, that I don't run from, and now I'm sitting here thinking of this, and I'm thinking of that battered wife who never leaves her husband, always forgives him, and stays. Man, do I want to just tell him how sorry I am. How about all you? You feel that same way? All right, I got one more video that I saved just for this morning, just for you guys. So let's go to this now, and then we'll end the show. That hour is already over. I can't believe it. it goes so fast. Sometimes God will ask you to release the thing you want the most. That's a test. If you'll pass that test, at some point, he'll either give back what you want or bring something better into your life. Sometimes God breaks your plans, but it's because he sees that your plans are about to break. Oh. Trust the process. God knows the work you're putting in while nobody else is watching. That's why you don't have to prove it to anyone. If you do it, God will bless it, no matter what, no matter when. God didn't give you the strength to get back on your feet so you can run back to the same thing that knocked you down. The closed doors are not an accident. You may not understand it now. To you, it looks like the opportunity of a lifetime just passed you by. But one day you'll look back and thank God for the closed doors. If God hadn't closed the door, You'd have been stuck at one level and not seen the amazing favor that God has in store for your future. Maybe God ruined your plan, so your plan wouldn't ruin you. Losing someone is heartbreaking, but don't lose yourself going back to what God saved you from. Amen. Drop an amen if you are thankful and share it with someone who needs to hear this today. Wow. Sometimes God breaks your plans so that your plans don't break you. 
I just put the one, uh, the other video with the $20 in there. Somebody wanted that video in there. But that right there, that, la- that sometimes God breaks your plans. So your plans don't break you. Those are people that are trusting in themselves to do something when they should be trusting in God. <laughs> Seems like an opportunity of a lifetime has passed you by. But hindsight, when, when hindsight's 2020, you'll think differently, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring you out the same way I brought you in, and that is some good gospel worship music. What I want to say is this. If you want to continue your relationship with Jesus, then think about the things that you do that hurt him and stop those things. If you want a good relationship with your wife or your spouse, think about the things that you do that hurt them and stop doing those things. It's really that simple. And if you don't want to stop doing those things, then don't bring those people along for the pain. Respect the people you want a relationship with and definitely respect your Lord and Savior because he has went through so much for you. Thank you guys for being here today on episode 258 of Rise Up. I'm going to ask you guys to hit that thumbs up. Can't wait until we have 2,000 people in here watching every day, all day. I mean, for all, the whole show. That just means more people get the gospel. Thank you guys very much. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next, followed by Live from America with yours truly, followed by Loud Majority with Kevin Smith. After that, Ryan Matta at 2 p.m. with Matta of Fact. Alan Jacoby with America First Live at 3 p.m. Pete Santilli and the Santilli Report at 4. Sean Farish and Ungoverned at 5. Will Johnson and Culture Wars at 6. Drew Hernandez and Based America at 7. And then the night shows. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Continue to pray. And continue to give your life to Christ. See you later. Not my story, you are, you are.